If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel? And we'll be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 1. And I've titled this sermon, Lessons from Hannah's Life. Lessons from Hannah's Life. And so we'll be reading 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 20. There was a certain man from Ramatham, a Zuphite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, And do not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long will you keep getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage of scripture, and we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to your truth. May you speak to us, and may we be obedient to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So each year, this man, Elkanah, took his family to Shiloh, 
And this was where the temple had been located since the time of Joshua. So they made their journey there in order to worship the Lord and to sacrifice. So in these verses we read in the first chapter, these first 20 verses, we see that this is before Hannah conceived and gave birth to Samuel. As Hannah eventually got what she wanted, a child, we know that getting there, there were many obstacles in her way. And I believe that we can learn many lessons from her life and from the encounters that she had with the people around her. And so the first point that I want to draw out of this passage of scripture, number one, is do your best to show love and sensitivity towards other people. And this came out of verse 6 and 7, where it says, Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. For whatever reason, God at this time did not bless Hannah with children. And this obviously was very hurtful to Hannah because that's what she wanted more than anything. And Penina, who was also the wife of Elkanah, we were told that he loved Hannah more. But Penina, her rival, kept provoking her, kept irritating her, kept reminding her of the fact that she couldn't have children and that she, Penina, was able to have children. Now, obviously, we know that because Elkanah loved Hannah more, that may have contributed to the reason of why Penina would have provoked her and kept irritating her and kept reminding her of that. But from this, I believe that we can learn that we should try our best, that we should do our best to show love and sensitivity towards other people. Now, unfortunately, instead of Penina being extra sensitive, fully well knowing Hannah's situation, she used it to her advantage, and she hurt her and made her feel even worse about it. May we do our best to be sensitive to the people around us, especially when we know their situation, especially when we know what they're going through. For example... If you know of someone who recently has lost their job, maybe that's not the best time to share with them the promotion that you just received at work. If you know of someone who just had a miscarriage or has been trying so long to get pregnant, maybe you should hold off on sharing with them the exciting news that you got pregnant or your daughter is expecting. If you know of someone who's having financial difficulty and who's having a difficult time to just even make enough to pay their rent, maybe that's not the best opportunity for you to share with them the fact that you just bought a brand new house or paid off your mortgage. Do you understand that although we are excited about different things in our life and it's rightfully so that we should be excited, we should also learn to show love and sensitivity towards other people and what they may be going through. Now that's assuming you know their situation. Obviously, there are so many people that we encounter on a daily basis that we don't know them or we don't know what they're going through or they haven't shared with us. And there's many people that you can pass on the street who may have a smile on their face and seem happy, but you don't know what they're going through deep down. There are so many people who are going through so many things, people who have just lost their jobs. 
People who can't have a house because they're in a very financial um, hurtful situation. People who have just gone through a divorce or their marriage is ending. People whose teen is rebelling or who's run away from home. People who uh, can't have a child, who desperately want to have a child. There are so many things that people in our world are going through. And whether we know their situation or not, we should strive to be loving and sensitive towards everyone. Especially when we know their situation and what they're going through. And how can we help? Well, we should do our best not only to be sensitive towards them, but we should also help them when we can. And here are some examples of how we can help. Very practical. If someone is looking for a job and you know of an opportunity, tell them. Tell them about it, right? Very practical. If someone is struggling with their health or has just been diagnosed with some kind of sickness and maybe you yourself have been diagnosed with that or you have overcome that or, or you know a lot about that sickness or disease, share with them that information. Tell them about different possible treatments or cures or whatever it was. Share that information with them. If someone has just lost a family member, Grieve with them. Go visit them. Go to the funeral. Go to the wake. Take a meal over. Just sit with them. Grieve with them. If someone has a bad financial situation and you are in a situation that you can help them, give to them. Give to them and help them if you're able to. If someone is without hope and feels like there's no point in continuing to live, testify about what Jesus has done in your life. Tell them about Jesus. Share that with them. You see, we may not be able to to give in, in different material things, but there are so many things that people need that goes beyond material things. Just an ear to listen to. Someone to sit with them and have a coffee. Someone to share with them. Someone to ask them how they're doing. There are so many ways that we can help. And may we strive to be people who do our best to show love and sensitivity towards other people. Amen? Amen. And so we know that Penina obviously didn't show that love and sensitivity, but we should strive to do that. Point number two is that don't be afraid to cry out to God. And this I took out of verse 10. It says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. You see, this is exactly what God wants us to do, to go to him in prayer. Over and over in the scriptures, it talks about us praying to him, seeking him, going to him, running to him. We know that God wants us to go to him first. And we know that in First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11, it says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. God wants us not just to go to him when things are bad, but to seek him continuously when things are good, when we're excited, when something amazing has just happened. Go to him in prayer thanking him. Go to him in prayer when we need something. But go to him in prayer for not just when we need something or things are bad, but to pray to him continuously. You see, when things are bad, that's when most people are more prone to going to God. Or they're more prone to asking, pray for me. Say a prayer for me. Or you go to church, remember me in prayer, or or ask God to help me. And that's fine. But God wants us to go to him continuously. You know, when we're going through something, oftentimes our first response is to call up a friend. 
or to ask someone advice or to go to this person and ask them their opinion or whatnot. And that's fine because we can get good godly advice. But we must not forget to go to God in prayer. Hannah went to God not only in prayer but crying out to him. You see, she was in this situation, in in this state of grief and great anguish. And not only was she uh, crying out to God, but she was desperate for something to happen. And you see, because she was so desperate, she blocked out everyone else in her path. She didn't even realize that Eli the priest was around her. She forgot about everyone else, and all she was focused on was the Lord. And you know, too many times, too many people get so concerned about people around them. You know, people are watching. Should I, should I clap? Should I, should I raise my hands in worship? Should I go to the altar? Will people think that there's something wrong with me? You know what? Sometimes we need to just block out and forget about who's around us, our surroundings, and just focus on God. And that is exactly what Hannah did. She focused on God. She ran to God. And she was praying, and she was just looking to God in her deep anguish, crying out to him. Because at that time, that's all that she was able to do. And you know, the truth is that sometimes we may be going through things where we're hurting so bad, or the pain is so great that we don't even have the words to say. Have you ever been there? Where things are just so bad that you don't even know what to say to God. But the scripture says in verse 13, Hannah was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. See, even when our prayer is silent, even when we're praying in our heart, even when we're just crying out to God, that is enough for us to know that he hears us. That is enough to know that he will hear us and answer. Psalm 18, verse 6 says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. We can cry out to the Lord knowing that he hears us. So don't be afraid to cry out to God. Don't be afraid to worship him. Don't be concerned with what other people think. You worship the way that you know how. The way that you're comfortable. The way that God deserves to be worshipped. The third point that I believe we can learn from Hannah's life is that we should be careful not to make assumptions about other people. Be careful not to make assumptions about other people. This came from verse 12 to 16. And as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. And said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Hannah was obviously hurting. She was obviously hurting so much that she may have looked messy or unkept. She may have even looked drunk. However, she wasn't. 
And so we know Eli, who was sitting at the doorpost there, was obviously watching her as she was pouring out her heart to God, as she was speaking with her lips moving but no words coming out. And he assumed, because of her actions and because of maybe how she looked physically, that this woman must be drunk. And so he approached her and asked her why and how long she will continue to be drunk. Now, he went based on assumption. And we need to be very careful in our life not to assume or to pass judgment on other people. They say that within meeting someone for the first time, within the first couple of seconds, you've already formed some sort of opinion about them. You ever think about that? And maybe it's, it's not something we consciously do, but subconsciously, where we may meet someone, and within the first couple of seconds of meeting them, we, we form some sort of opinion about them. And you may think that's crazy, we don't know them, but it's true. You form some sort of thing about them, and that's just based on just hearing their voice, seeing them physically, whatever it is. But we need to be very careful not to assume One morning I was going to a hospital to visit someone who was having surgery early in the morning. And so, as usual, I drove to the hospital, parked in the parking lot, and proceeded to walk towards the elevator that would take me to the hospital. And as I was walking in and I I pushed the button for the elevator and waited, the elevator came and inside there was a man standing who looked a little messy and, and unkept and first glance I thought is this a homeless man and so but then I realized obviously he wasn't homeless but because he was alone in the elevator and I didn't feel comfortable because you know maybe he would rob me or something you know so I decided I was going to take the stairs now especially walking down a whole bunch of stairs and heels was not fun but I decided I was going to take the stairs just to be safe so You know, I got into the hospital finally, made my way to the floor where I knew the patient would be. And as I was walking, I noticed the same gentleman coming close to me, like walking in the same direction. And so again, I thought, oh, this man's following me. And so, you know, I started walking a little faster and whatnot. And so I made my way in. And all of a sudden, I heard a nurse say to this man, good morning, doctor. I thought to myself, oh boy, (laughs) I was caught assuming something about someone, not knowing anything about him, but just assuming that I knew. And we need to be careful in our daily life not to assume. And sometimes we can hear part of a story or part of a conversation, and maybe we walk in at the wrong part where we take something out of context. And and that part you walked in may seem very strange or inappropriate, but it's important for us to know the full story, right? We need to know the full story of, of what's going on. An old man was casually walking down a country road. He was walking with his dog and with his mule. And all of a sudden, from around the corner, there spun out a truck. The truck was going so fast that it knocked the man, his dog, and his mule into a ditch. So finally, the man decided, after you know the event was over, he was going to sue this truck driver and to recruit the costs for the damages. So while the man was on the stand in court, the counsel for the defense cross-examined the man by asking a simple question. He says, I want you to answer yes or no. That's it. 
He said, did you or did you not say at the time of the accident that you were perfectly fine? The man said, well, me and my dog and my mule were walking down the road. And the council defense said, stop, stop, stop. He said, I asked you to tell me yes or no. Did you or did you not say at the time that you were perfectly fine at the time of the accident? Well, me and my dog and my mule were walking down the road again. And the defense counsel stopped him and he appealed to the judge. Your honor, he said, the man is not answering the question. Would you please insist that he answer the question? The judge said, well, he obviously wants to tell us something. Let him speak. So the man said, well, me, my dog, and my mule were walking along the road, and this truck came around the corner too fast. It knocked us into the ditch. The driver stopped, got out of his truck, saw my dog was badly injured, went back into his truck, got his rifle, and shot it. He saw that my mule had broken his leg, so he shot it. Then he said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> you see, sometimes we need to know the whole story before we can make an assumption. And may we be careful not to make assumptions about other people. The fourth point that I want to bring out of this passage of scripture is focus on the blessings God has given you instead of the things he hasn't. Verse 6 to 8 says, Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Although Hannah was very, very sad and distressed about the fact that she was barren, she was childless, and it bothered her more than anything. Her husband tried his best to console her. He tried his best to comfort her, but obviously that was not enough, and it still bothered her. Now, Hannah was rightfully allowed to be upset, because in those days especially, it was such a shame and disgrace for a Hebrew woman to be childless. And so Hannah felt like she wasn't a fully a woman, or she wasn't able to fulfill her purpose, or she wasn't able to do the things that the other women were able to do to have these children and, and to raise them. And despite her situation, the reality was that she was barren. That was the reality, that she couldn't have children. And instead of Hannah focusing on the fact that she had a wonderful husband who loved her dearly, she was only filled with grief because she had no child. And it's often easy for us to always point out the things that we don't have, the things that are missing in our life, the things that we're without. But instead, we need to focus on the blessings that God has given us. Now, that doesn't mean that God can't change our situation or give us those things that we want or desire. But we need to learn to be content in every situation. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4. He says, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. 
I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Like Paul, are we able to say, Lord, we are content with whatever it is that you have given us. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done in my life. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. You see, when your, your focus starts to get on the things that you don't have and the things that you want or the things that the Lord hasn't given you, then may we learn to shift our focus. On the blessings that he has bestowed upon us. On the blessings that he has given us. And may we do that by remembering what the songwriter says. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. May we focus on the blessings that God has given us. Instead of the things that he hasn't. And the last point. Point number five. Is that we can know that the Lord hears our prayers. And he answers. Early the next morning, verse 19 says, They arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. You see, we can be certain that not only does God hear our prayer, but he answers. God answers our prayer. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. God answers his people. Now, let me make something clear. Although God hears our prayer and he does answer it, he doesn't always answer it the way that we would want it to be answered. And he doesn't always answer it the way that we hoped for or expected or thought he would. But he does give us an answer. And sometimes that answer may come quickly. Sometimes it may take a long time. But we can trust that he sees the big picture. And whether that answer is yes whether that's no, whether it's wait, whatever the answer that God gives us is, we know that he has our best interests at heart. We know that he loves us. We know that he desires to lavish his gifts upon us as children. And we are to ask things according to his will. And if it is his will, we know that he will give it to us. He knows what's best for us, and we can trust him. There's a beautiful song. Its chorus says this. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. We can trust him, knowing that God not only hears our prayer when we cry out to him, but he does answer. I want to remind you that no matter what you may be going through, no matter what is coming up in your life, we can do our best to show love and sensitivity towards other people. We don't have to be afraid to cry out to God. We need to be careful not to make assumptions about other people. We need to learn to focus on the blessings that God has given us instead of the things he hasn't. And we know that God hears our prayer and he answers. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
that you are a good God. We thank you, Lord, for the lessons that we can learn from Hannah's life. And we thank you, Lord, that despite all, you love us so much. And knowing that, we can trust you, even when we don't understand. And so, Lord, I pray for your people tonight, that you would come and that you would meet them at their point of need, that you would speak to them, and that you would challenge them, Lord, to just hear from you and to respond. And so, Lord, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.